0: To witness and give a gospel that's hostile and unattractive to sinners <laughs> I <laughs> roll with the crew with new back and it's spitting in the because of the cup of wrath that he finished Listen, I was a cat who couldn't count on his future Now the spirit of truth got me reading Calvin and luther Hallelujah, my filthy rags are falling down the sewer And everything I gain I count it all as common Hey. Now Yeshua, the holy and righteous ruler, stands alone The only priest to come out of the tribe of Judah Listen, my grace, he saved me to include in the kingdom And now these legalists constantly try to ruin my freedom I tell him, there was nothing I could do to receive him His love will abide if I decide to pursue him or leave him Cause the reason I'm blessed is in Deuteronomy 9-6 I know I said enough for you to want to rewind this fight. if you're saving about your, your freedom You are safe enough to reach him Grace is how you meet him Faith is how you see him, you say you not believe him. Freedom, if the Savior bought your bunch of freedom. You were safe enough to reach him. Grace is how you meet him. You see he say you not Let's take it back to Noah, he was a pathetic drunk, Abraham cheated, his wife Sarah had set him up, <laughs> Isaac was a coward and a liar, Jacob was a hustler, still allowed to wrestle with the Messiah, Joseph liked the boast, he was Jehovah's interpreter, and can't forget about the great Moses the murderer, Aaron was a people pleaser who gave him the compromise, Samson was a rebellious man filled with lust and a lot of pride, David was your overly violent type, and Solomon makes you happen to look like Napoleon Dynamite, every decide- Faith in Jesus was weak and timid So Peter was a seller and Paul was the chief of sinners Listen, now I don't want you to see this as condescending But I pray that Christ will give us the freedom to stop pretending Otherwise we might as well worship at the mosque Cause every blessing we receive was purchased at the cross Freedom, if the Savior brought your freedom You were safe enough to reach Him Grace is how you meet Him, faith is how you see Him he say you now believe Him Freedom, if the Savior brought you freedom you were safe enough to reach him. Grace is how you meet him. Faith is how you see him. He say you now believe him. Freedom. If the Savior brought you freedom, you were safe enough to reach him. Grace is how you meet him. Faith is how you see him. He say you now believe him. Freedom. If the Savior brought you freedom, you were safe enough to reach him. Yoha, I got Grace you, baby. all you I see got him. you. He say you now believe. him free from the drama and free from the judgment, free to believe in Jesus and freedom from thugging, free from the mugging, free from my youngest, free to be you and me isn't free, we just bugging, freedom of scripture gave me freedom to picture, a world that's free from the sickness of sinfulness, the elixir was God, come here the job was bigger than all humanity after the fall, we all just figured that we were free to do So, so freedom will be our fate So we free to tell everyone that freedom is truly coming They free to reject them But you don't want to be free dumb This freedom is everything And freed me I better say That I'm free and that's Dr. King But small, more cause he's not the king This freedom that Jesus brings That's freedom my mama say that this Ralph the Grace compilation Ain't free to you by the way But you're free to still purchase it Free time you can work with it Listen to every verse in it And remember you're purchased by him and free If you're your freedom You are safe enough to reach him Grace is how you meet him. Faith is how you see him. He said, You're not believing freedom. Rather than grace, race, 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 race.
1: everybody it's pastor Randy here oh i forgot to turn on my camera there we go <laughs> what a morning uh it's pastor Randy here with uh, made free church hey guys uh i need you i need prayer man I, I haven't been feeling well for uh all night man i've just been up and down up and down up and down and uh i just uh, asked guys that uh you guys pray for me man because i just i haven't been feeling good but anyway Hope you guys are having a great morning. I know I am, Uh, you know, every time you wake up and you start listening to scripture and you start getting into the word and, you know, I prepared, you know, stuff like that, man. And, and it's just been a, it's been a good time, man. It really, really, really has. So I hope you guys uh, are enjoying this series of the Apostle Creed. The next one we're going to be going to is the book of Luke. And we're going to be there for some time. And um, it's is going to be a, a real fun time, you know, um, guys keep made free church, uh, Idaho in your prayers, man, we're, uh, we're getting ready to, um, well, we're going to probably, hopefully we're going to launch in the first of the year. So, uh, guys keep that in your prayers because it's so important, uh, that you pray for us and our finances and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, so if you guys could do that, well, that would be great. Uh, Let's get into it. We're going to be in, uh, you know, we're going to continue our series here in the Apostles Creed, and we're going to be in Romans chapter one, verses three and four today. So if you guys want to open up your Bibles and turn there, that'd be great. Uh, and this is the 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 conception and birth of Jesus Christ, right? So this is the part of the Apostles Creed where we affirm the, the Apostle, that we affirm the, the conception and birth of Jesus Christ. So let's get into prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We thank you. We worship you, and we praise you, Lord. And we just ask, Lord, get this lowly preacher out of the way. And let your word go forward, Heavenly Father. We thank you for all that you do in our lives, Lord. We thank you for our salvation, Lord. We thank you for dying on the cross for our sins, Lord. Lord, bless these uh, this this podcast as it goes out. This streaming here on YouTube and Facebook. Let it bless the hearers, Lord, and the and the seers, Lord, of your word. We worship you and we praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, guys. Um, so, uh, just a quick announcement before we get started. Guys, if you guys need prayer, please go to madefreechurch.org. Um, there's a little uh, prayer request tab there. We'd love and we'd be honored to pray for you. Uh, what we do is when we get the prayer request, we send it out to our pastoral team and we Uh, send it out to our uh, prayer uh our our our, uh, intercessory team so um but we'd love to pray for you um if you guys you know um are in weezer or payette or fruitland or even uh, or uh, ontario oregon and stuff and and you guys uh need to see us or whatever we'd love to come to you and and pray with you and and stuff like that so just let us know Uh, that's madefreechurch.org and there is a prayer request tab there. So, let's get into this, right? So, oh, there it is. Um, As we continue our study uh, in, in our series, The Apostle Creed, I would like to examine today what it means to believe in the conception and birth of Jesus Christ. So, listen as I recite The Apostles Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Uh, From there, he he will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church. And we're not talking about the Catholic Church, like the Roman Catholic Church, Catholic Church. They're talking about the universal. Catholic means universal church, right? The communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. So let me ask you a question. Does truth matter? You know, in the day in, in which we live in, most people would probably answer the question with a yes. Right? It does. Right? Um, and perhaps the, the debate is really over the issue whether or not truth is relative or absolute. It, it is critically important for us as Christians who believe in the inerrancy of God's Word to know that truth is not relative but absolute. right? I'm gonna turn on a little bit of music here, guys. So, bear with me here. Here we go. All right. So, you know, in our society, and 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 in particular, the intellectual culture, it is it is aggressively opposed to biblical truth, or you know, because our society is opposed to the notion that God has acted personally in history, right? One of the ways in which we see this is in the denial of the miraculous conception and birth of Jesus Christ. You know, in in the in the late 19th century, this denial was widely taught by liberal theologians. You know, first in Europe and later in in, in this country. Now, by 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 the early part of the 20th century, mainline churches all over America did not believe in the miraculous conception and birth of Jesus Christ. Now guys and friends, we believe that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. And the reason we believe this is because this is what we are taught in God's word. Aside from our human depravity, One reason is uh, why our society denies the truth is because of the erosion of confidence in in the inerrancy and the authority of God's word. So today I want to study what God has to say in his word about the conception and birth of Jesus Christ or what I like to call the incarnation of Jesus Christ. So in our lesson today, I want to look, I want to look at one the promise of the incarnation two, the subject of incarnation three, the matter of incarnation four, the cause of incarnation and five, the benefit of the incarnation. Now we're not talking that we are incarnate, right? But we're talking about Jesus is right. Because you know, he died and rose again, right? So let's look, at the promise of the incarnation of Jesus Christ one of the blessings that Adam enjoyed in the in in the Garden of Eden before the fall is that is Adam's Adam's fall into sin was the personal presence of God right it it seems that God would personally visit Adam in the Garden of Eden at the time from time to time right and you can see that in Genesis 3 8. after Adam's fall to sin, Adam no longer enjoyed that same kind of personal interaction with God. But in his, but in God's grace, one of the one of the most precious, uh, of the covenant promises that God made to His people was that in Leviticus twenty six twelve it says would walk among them and be their God. The Lord fulfilled His promise in various ways. First. God gave symbols to Israel of his special presence in the tabernacle. Now, when when God gave his instructions to the Israelites on how to build the tabernacle, he he said then then have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them in in Exodus 25.8. Now, throughout that time of the tabernacle, it was a symbol of God's presence with his people. Second, God demonstrated His presence by His willingness to help His people in the time of need. For example, the psalmist said in Psalm uh, Psalm forty six verses four through five, "There is a river, whom streams make glad; in the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells, God is within her; she will not fall. God will help her break; will help her at break of day." Third, God's promises is His presence reached is the fulfillment in the incarnation of His Son. You know, in Matthew uh, chapter one, verse twenty-three, tells us that the birth of Jesus took place to fulfill what the Lord had promised in the Old Testament, and it says this: "And the virgin will be with child and will give him uh, give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel." which means God is with us. We also read in John chapter 1, verse 14a, that's the beginning of the verse, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among, among us, right? Interestingly, the English phrase made his dwelling comes from the Greek word that means tabernacle. Now, John purposely used the very same word picture that God gave the Israelites to indicate that he was now dwelling among his people. And so we have the precious promise from God that he would dwell among his people. And in the Old Testament, he dwelt among his people, among his people, and and this was indicated in symbols and uh, the special help that he gave to his covenant people, right? now. We get to the New Testament and we see that God himself has come to dwell among his people people. Right? Second, we notice now is the subject of incarnation of Jesus Christ. The one who became man is not the uh, not the father nor the holy spirit but the son alone. The word, Ie Jesus Christ became flesh. You can find that in John 1:14. John chapter 1 14a and you also can find that in Galatians 4 4 and 1st John 4 2. The second person of the Trinity became man. Now we might ask the question, why did the Son of God become man and not the Father or the Holy Spirit? Within the perfect council of the Trinity, it was deemed best that the Son should be, in, uh, should be incarnated, right? Herman Wistis, the author of of the Apostles Creed suggests is that we should be recreated by the one who created us in the first place and that he who is the Son of God by nature should make us sons of God by grace so the point that I simply want to make here is that we should be quite clear that it is none other than the second person of the Trinity the Son of God who became man over 2,000 years ago. Third, excuse me. Third, let us observe the manner of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. With respect to the manner of the incarnation, of the incarnation, right? We should note that Jesus Christ did not become man merely in appearance, but in reality, right? Right from the beginning of the early church battled against the heresy of Docetism, which is the view that the body of Christ was not real, but only seemed to be real, right? All right. Oh gosh. Sorry about that, guys. I had to block somebody. Um. Anyway. Um. So the apostle. Uh, uh, so the apostle John argues against ostracism in 1st John uh, uh, chapter 4 verse 2 it says this is how you can recognize the spirit of God every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come uh, into the flesh, it could uh, come in the flesh is from God you could also see that in 1st John 5 6 Jesus had all the essential properties of a real man right um, the early church believed that Jesus was fully God and also fully man, but a precise understanding of how full uh, deity, how how full deity and full humanity could be combined together in one person was formulated only gradually in the church and did not reach its final until the Chaldean Council in 451 A.D. Now, before that point, several inadequate views were proposed and rejected. Now, let me read you the following of the the Chaldean definition, which definitely answered the inadequate views concerning the person of Christ. And it says this, we then following the Holy Fathers, all with one consent, teach men to confess one and the same son, our Lord Jesus Christ the same perfect in the Godhead and also perfect in manhood. Truly God and truly man of a reasonable or rational soul and body, consubstantial uh, or coessential with the Father according to the Godhead and coessential with us according to the manhood in all things like unto us with sin, i.e. who have sinned begotten before all the ages of the Father, according to the Godhead, and in these latter days for us and our salvation, born of the Virgin Mary, the mother of God, according to the manhood, one in the same, Christ, Son, Lord, only begotten to be acknowledged in two natures, unconfusedly, unchangeably, indivisibly, inseparably, the distinction of two nat- of nature's being by no means <coughs> taken away by the union, but rather the property of, t- of nature being preserved and con- uh, concurring in the one person and one subsistence, not parted or divided into two persons, but one and the same son. And only begotten God, the word, the Lord Jesus Christ, as the prophets from the beginning have declared concerning him and the Lord Jesus Christ himself taught us and the creed of the Holy Fathers has been handed down to us. Basically, right? uh, Jesus Christ has two distinct natures, one human, one divine and one person. Now this brings us to the fourth point, which is the cause of the incarnation of Jesus Christ right the bible says quite simply that jesus was conceived in the womb of his mother mary by miraculous work of the holy spirit without a human father while it's difficult for us to understand how this is how this is to be so we recognize that this is the teaching of god's word now matthew tells us in Chapter 1 verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Now shortly after that, and we're going to jump to verse 21, shortly after that the angel of the Lord said to Joseph, who was engaged to Mary, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because she because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And then we jumped to verses twenty-four and twenty-five, and we read that when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but then had no union with her until she gave birth to the son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The same fact is affirmed in Luke's gospel where we read about the appearance of the angel Gabriel to Mary and and, and after the angel told her uh, that she would bear a son Mary said how will this be since I have I am a virgin and the angel answered in verse and that was in Luke 1:34, and in uh, verse 35 the answer is the Holy Spirit. Will come unto you by, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and the Holy One will uh, to be born will be called the Son of God. So, the conception of Jesus Christ is simply a miracle, right? The Holy Spirit is the cause of the miraculous conception of Christ, and since the miraculous is beyond human comprehension, we accept the truth of such. An event on the basis of God's word. Now, finally, we come to the fifth, which is the benefit of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus Christ become man? Because Christ became man so that he might become our mediator. The Apostle Paul expressly mentions that the mediator was a man in 1 Timothy 2 5. He says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. So, in the answer to the question of the Westminster Larger Catechism, number 39, why is it requisite that the mediator should be a man? And the answer is this. The requisite, sorry, right, that the mediator should be a man, that we might advance our nature perform obedience to the law suffer and make intercession for us in in our nature have fellow uh feeling uh of our infirmities that we might receive the adoption of sons and to have comfort and access with both boldness unto the throne of grace it was a re- uh, a requisite that jesus became Uh, jesus become a man so that he could be our redeemer right the word redeemer in the hebrew is goel right which is a rich which the word is actually a rich meaning and let me note that a few details concerning goel or redeemer right which we learn from the mosaic law right first goels uh goel referred to one's nearest relative second goel is required to perform one or more of the following duties one buy back or redeem possessions such as land or a house which has been sold or alienated from the nearest relative two to obtain the freedom of the relative if he uh, were a captive or a servant right two to avenge the relative if he was murdered and to marry the wife of the nearest relative in order to ensure that his relative would have descendants and um, Goel right so third a Goel is performed in these duties in one of the following ways right Um, one by paying the price that was to be paid in the redemption of the property that had been sold two by using the power or force to obtain the freedom of the relative or to avenge his blood and three by marrying the widow of the nearest relative the old testament goel is a picture of christ first christ became our goel when we assume our nature and he became our brother or our kinsman so that he might redeem us and second christ performed all the duties that was required of Goel. Right? One, his uh uh his righteousness he was he has recovered our lost possessions and the heavenly inheritance which we forfeited by our demerit. Two, he obtained he has obtained our freedom from captivity since we were in bondage to Satan. And three, he has taken vengeance uh on our enemy Satan. And four Sorry, I'm, I'm really having a, a hard time that uh, today, guys, I'm not really feeling well. I feel like I'm going to upchuck, but anyway, I'm going to move forward for he has dissolved our relationship with the former husband, the law of God and the covenant works and joined us to himself in, a, in an everlasting and undissolvable marriage, according to the covenant of grace. And third, with respect to the manner in which Jesus Christ performed these duties, right? One, he has purchased us with the most ample price. Two, he has rescued us from the slavery of Satan and by the most signal of uh, exertions of might and power. And three, he has displayed the incredible love of betrothing the church to himself. Our Lord Jesus Christ became man to dwell among his people so that he could redeem and rescue his people. In conclusion, we should note that truth matters. It matters that we get the facts concerning God's dealings with men, right? In a marvelous act of uh, Condesc- condescension on God's part. He sent the second person of the Trinity into the sin-ridden world to save us. You know, there are two kinds of beings in this world. There are human beings and there are angelic beings. Human beings sin and fell in Adam. Angelic beings sin and fell with Satan. Yet God while he leaves his angels to suffer the punishment due to their sin, and co signs them to eternity and misery and hell, has compassion on men that he may show them his compassion, becomes a partaker of the same nature with them. God did not take on the nature of angels, but he did take on the nature of humanity. God took on human nature so that he might become partakers. Of the, uh, that we maybe might become partakers of the divine nature in Second Peter one four. Oh, what gratitude that that should stir up in us, right? How great is the love? Uh, is how great is God's love for His own? How should we thank? And praise God for sending the Lord Jesus Christ into the world so that we might become sons of God. We who are united in Jesus Christ by faith will spend eternity thanking and praising God for the incarnation of Jesus Christ. In that, we should give Him praise. Amen? All right, guys. I hope you guys are... Enjoying this, I know I am. And you know what? Because I don't feel good today, that is it. Thank you for guys for being here. Thank you guys for tolerating uh, me today. And uh, even though that I'm really really sick, um, you just ask for prayer, man. And and uh, thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for your, your your word, Lord. We thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you that we get your word, Lord, that we get to hear your word, and we get to read your word, Lord, and we get to live with eternity with you and your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for that, Lord. We worship you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, you guys have a great day. God bless you guys.